0: Hi, Disha. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be
1: here. I'm going to start with a very easy question. Where are you from and where do you live? I'm Indian. I was born in Gujarat, India, but I live in New Jersey. And what's your favorite place to be at in the world? Honestly, that's a tough one. I think my favorite place to be is we have a swing on our porch in the afternoon the sun hits like right on the porch so just like sitting there watching the world go by I'm like an old person I like to like watch everybody walk by the neighborhood oh I love that too that's why I miss coffee
0: shops a lot because you can do that in coffee shops
1: yes I love to people watch what's your favorite thing to eat you know I'm not a big fan of Gujarati food I have to say my favorite food is honestly like french fries and ice cream I could eat ice cream every day. I think I do eat ice cream every day. Oh, wow. I'm not an ice cream person. Oh, I Mm. love ice cream. It's too cold.
0: I'm one of those people who thinks ice cream is too cold.
1: (laughs) Can't relate. Can't relate. The Trader Joe's little mini ice creams are my favorite. They're like the perfect size.
0: Oh, I haven't seen those. I'll check them out next time I'm there.
1: They're like bite-sized
0: ice cream cones. And is there something that you would never eat?
1: I don't think so. I always say I'll try anything once. And then I can decide if I don't like it afterwards, but I can't say I don't like it if I don't try it.
0: I think that's a good attitude. I don't have that. I'm very
1: picky. (laughs) No, I'm not a picky. I mean, I'm a picky eater because I'm like such a foodie, but like I'll try anything. (laughs) And how many languages can you speak? So I speak Ujrati and I speak English. I have working Spanish, so I can treat patients in Spanish, but I don't really have conversational Spanish. I used to also have working Italian because I had, I worked in a neighborhood that we had a lot of Italian clients. I don't have that anymore. So I guess you could say two really fluent languages.
0: And what's your favorite thing about your South Asian culture?
1: Probably the food, definitely food. I know that's a little generic, but like now that I don't, have like Indian food every day I really appreciate it when I do have it like whenever I go to my mom's house and she makes like anything that seems mundane even if it's like bawa or like some sort of pakora or whatever like I really like it whereas when I lived at home and had every day like had no interest in it (laughs) granted I haven't had rotli in four or five years that's a food I'll never eat I don't miss it I don't like it I never did (laughs) And I'm not gonna start now.
0: And is there a thing that you don't like about South
1: Asian culture? Oh God, I really begin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, more than anything, I right the way they, they treat women. I know it sounds really mean, but like I go to India and I literally walk off that airport and I'm like, I feel the oppression. I can physically feel <laughs> the oppression happening right now. Cause it, it comes from everything, right? Like while I'm packing, my mom will be like, you can't pack shorts. You can't pack tank tops. Like my one aunt in India wouldn't let me visit if I was on my period. And I'm like, what are we doing here? What is going on? And then I just get fed up.
0: Oh well, yeah. This yeah. is a topic we can probably just keep going deeper and deeper into. Cause yep. I also Somebody grew up there, up there and you're very right in every single thing. You can feel that.
1: Yeah, like every decision you make, you don't make any decisions. Like I go there and most of my cousins in India are boys. And, you know, if they make plans to do something, I'm basically never allowed to go. I'm not allowed to, especially if it's at night. It's like, oh, like you're you're not going. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm not going? Like they're all going. And I, and then I'm just like left sitting there. And like, I know it sounds mean, but I really like don't look forward to going to India because it feels like such a waste of time.
0: You never get to like fully enjoy you want to enjoy if you're going somewhere especially I think as adults vacation is so precious like you get those two weeks or three weeks they're so precious and then that's like a half ass vacation when you go to India
1: yeah and it's not because everyone guilts you into visiting them (laughs) so we've gone so far as to plan a trip there so we I've never done like the tourist stuff in India like I've never gone to Taj Mahal or any of that and so we're currently literally planning a trip and not telling anyone in India we're going
0: I actually think about doing that because I think if I tell people
1: then it's like she didn't visit right like you know
0: all these grudges from everyone
1: they'll hold grudges until the day you die about it too so I'm like we're just not going to tell anyone we're going to tell my one cousin who lives there who like I'm close with and I'm like just don't say anything and she's gonna fly (laughs) out to Delhi or wherever and meet us there and we're just gonna go (laughs) that's a good plan yeah, hopefully it works out. What are some of your hobbies? Oh, that's an endless list too. All these questions, I have so many <laughs> answers for. So in my hobbies, I really enjoy painting and art and watercolor. I love arts and crafts. My husband and I like to go off-roading with our cars. Those are probably the big ones. If money was not a factor in your life, what would you be doing? Oh, I'd be a full-time podcaster, 100%. I would actually invest money into my podcast. How about that? I bet I can relate to that. (laughs) Love it. It's so fun.
0: Yeah, you get to meet so many people. This podcast Mm -hmm. is all about meeting new people and I'm enjoying it so much. I just wish I didn't have to do other things in life so I could pay more time and attention to developing this.
1: Yeah, I feel that. And speaking of podcasts, what are your favorite podcasts right now? I really, really like Two Bears, One Cave, which is it's a comedy podcast with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura, who are two like stand up comedians. It's hilarious. I just think it's so funny. So that one's my favorite. I'm really enjoying Real Dictators, which is a noiser podcast. And they basically do like three or four episodes at a time focusing on one dictator from around the world. So they'll do like Kim Jong Il. Hitler, Stalin, Mao Zedong, whatever. And they go through their whole life and how they got to the point that they did in the end, ultimately becoming a dictator. And it's, it's really fascinating because I'm, I have a background in social and behavioral sciences. And the more you listen to it, the more you realize they're just regular people and that every single one of us has the ability to be them. It's just a matter of like the choices we make and we all just have to decide every day that we don't want to be Hitler. Like you learn about him and he was like a starving artist in Amsterdam, like trying to sell his not Amsterdam, Austria, like trying to sell his watercolors like that was him in his 20s. Like think of how many people we know like that. And then he went from that to killing three million people. And it's like, where does that happen? And it's wild listening to it just really like you get rid of all the propaganda and the theatrics that go behind like a lot of like history and you just get down to the people. And so that's been really good. So those are my two favorites. I am going to
0: look at that because that sounds very interesting to me. It's really good. I've binged it. For our last question, if you were to pick one interesting life experience to share with us today, what would you tell us?
1: I guess creating my podcast has probably been the most interesting experience in a while. I never expected it to be what it is. And like we just mentioned, like it's been such a great way to meet people and just meet interesting people. And I, realize I'm more outgoing than I think I am. I just don't like having small talk, like small talk bothers me, but I love having meaningful conversations with people. And so the podcast has been a great sort of outlet for that. Awesome. I relate to so much of what you just said, because I also
0: used to think I'm an introvert. I don't like to meet people. I don't like to talk to people. But through my podcast, I have realized that it's not that I love connection a lot. It's just that the pressure that comes with social settings is sometimes is
1: what turns me off. Yeah, definitely. That like surface level connection isn't really interesting. It's kind of exhausting. Yes, it is. You just follow a template more or less. You're like, how's the weather? How's the job? Just the generic questions. Yeah. And COVID's made that even harder because now you can't say like, oh, how's it going? How have you been? Like, we've been the same. (laughs) Everything is the same. (laughs) Nothing interesting has happened.
0: Well, thank you, Disha, for answering my 11 questions. And now I want to know more about your podcast. What made you start it? What keeps you going? And how do you sustain it with your job and all the other things that you do?
1: So my podcast is called But What Will People Say? And it's a South Asian interracial relationship podcast that has kind of evolved into including more topics. And it's very sort of feminist forward. It really started out of my own relationship and that's really what inspired it because my husband is not Gujarati. He's Italian and Ukrainian. Just that whole situation of like introducing him to my parents and dealing with our culture, planning a wedding and even just the things that come after that, right? Like talking about religion, potentially having kids, all these things. And I realized like nobody's talking about this and everyone just gives you the spark notes version of girl dates, boy girl's family flips out, girl's family gets over it, they get married, end of story. And it's like there's so much nuance and gray area. And there's so many like very unique struggles that interracial couples, especially in interfaith couples struggle with that like just wasn't being addressed. So I was like, I guess I'm gonna start this podcast. And I was always such a podcast junkie. I mean, I listen to, I'm probably subscribed to over 20 podcasts. I mean, they're constantly on and so it felt like the route to take. I've always been a talker. I recently realized I've spent most of my life behind a microphone in some way or the other, because literally my mom was telling me, even in kindergarten, at graduation, they selected you to lead, and we would do like the little pledge of allegiance. And they're like, that was your job. You literally stood there with the microphone, told everybody to stand up and then told them what to say. <laughs> and- I worked in fast food drive throughs Like that was my first job at McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts and all these places. And I would always get weird compliments on my voice, which was weird when I was 16 and 17 years old, coming from random strangers. And then even like the jobs I had after that, it was some sort of like doing announcements over like speaker phones and whatever. So it kind of feels like my life is coming full circle with the podcast. (laughs) And then with work and everything, I'm a pediatric OT, which I like, but I think I've slowly learned to realize it's probably not where I'm going to be forever. COVID was a bit of a blessing in disguise because I basically lost my job partway through COVID. I sort of took some time off. I took about a month to just like figure out what made me happy and what I wanted to do with my life. And I kind of thought to myself, I was like, look what I managed to do with this podcast while working like 60 hours a week, commuting to Manhattan, like bending over backwards and still growing my podcast, right? And feeling fulfilled and happy doing it and I was like you know what what can you do if you dedicate 40 hours a week to this what if you made this your job and so for a a few months that's what I did I treated my podcast like it was my job and then I really kind of got it off the ground to make it like a large enough listenership we ended up on radio we did some publicity stuff I finally invested the time I wish I had for it. And now I'm kind of at a place where I've managed to work part-time as an OT. I'm part-time a podcaster. Hopefully we can expand that more into like a full-time thing. That's the goal. The goal is to be a full-time podcaster, creator. And then I also run Disha Mazeppa Designs, which is more creative things.
0: Yeah, I love those. I see all of it on Instagram and I'm just amazed by Like, how many things is this one person doing? (laughs) I
1: wear a lot of hats. That's how I always have to describe it to my boss at work. I'm like, I wear a lot of hats. That's always a good thing.
0: That's always a good thing. Like, you get to explore and find what gives you meaning.
1: And I know it sounds really cliche, but, like, it's not that money can't buy happiness because I think financial stability is underappreciated. But when I started interviewing for jobs, I made that a priority. Like, my work-life balance and my happiness have to matter here and if this isn't going to be a company that cares that much then I'm not working here and it was empowering to give myself the permission to say no because you know when you lose your job you feel like I have to say yes to the first thing that comes my way I have to say yes I have to make money blah blah and I'm fortunate right like I'm someone who has like a diverse income as it is just through like financial investments and things. I'm also married, my husband has a job and has never lost it through COVID. So I had that safety net, where he was like, you don't have to jump at the first thing that comes your way. And so I gave myself some breathing room to like really find something that fit. And I ended up finding a job that was really willing to work with me and everything else that I do, and also pay me fairly for the work that I do. Because I think a lot of people are willing to work for less than they deserve, just for the sake of like, job security or in this country, it's like benefits, right? I feel like companies hold benefits over everyone's head. Yeah. And coming back
0: to all the things that you do, I noticed that you probably in last month or so, you started this thing called Happy Mail, which is like a physical newsletter. I loved that idea so much. When I saw it first, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like so creative and so different because Now our inboxes are full of e-newsletters, right? We don't even open them. So this was so unique and fresh. What
1: inspired that for you? I had a lot of people telling me, like, you should start a newsletter. You should start collecting people's emails to, like, be able to reach out with them with all the things you do, right? Because I do do a lot of different things. And my Instagram is the main platform I use to kind of put it all in one place. One thing I also really learned how to value is my time, Because it's not a resource I can get back, right? Like you can get money back. You can get like other resources back, but you can't get your time back. And I was like, if I'm going to create a newsletter that no one's going to open, right? You just said it. No one opens that email that you get every week, every month. And I was like, I want it to make me happy. And I want it to bring value to the people who get it, right? Like I don't want it to be something you subscribe to because you feel obligated or like because I'm friends with you. So you just do it out of that. I wanted it to be something that brought value, so I was like, you know what? I miss when getting mail was exciting. Remember when you were a kid and like, even like now you get your Amazon package and that's exciting. But like, even when you were a kid, kids don't get mail, right? But once in a while, you got like a birthday invitation or you got like, whatever, a Christmas card, and they they make you so happy. And like, you put them on your fridge, and like, my Christmas cards have been on that fridge for too damn long. And so I was like let's do that. Let's make it a physical thing. And let's make it something that I can sort of combine all of the things I do. So it's a fully illustrated newsletter that I literally draw out and create myself. And I have little sections for like the podcast for Disha Mazepa Designs. But I also have other things that are part of like, I guess you could call my brand, right? Like journal prompts and inspirational quotes and little bits of motivation or things that I've learned all kind of mishmashed into this illustrated newspaper. And then there's also things that I make because of Disha Mazeppa Designs. I love stationery. I've always been obsessed with it. And so illustrate stickers or gift tags or bookmarks or whatever it is I make that month, it ends up piling up over here. So I was like, let's just send it out to people. And so I started packing it all up into little bits of happy mail. And then if you subscribe, you get a piece of it every month. Yeah, I saw your new happy mail and it was so cute. Yes, that was my April one. I try to like not share too much on social media of it because I want it to be a surprise for the people who get it. But then it goes out between the 1st and the 15th of the month. So once everyone has it, then I can kind of put it on social media.
0: Yeah, and I love that it's physical because like you said, getting a mail is so different than getting an email. Email actually stresses you out, I feel now. Yeah, I hate (laughs) emails. real mail, something like the stickers and the bookmarks. I also love stationery. So maybe that's kind of why I'm biased
1: towards it. But I love it. Thank you. It's really fun to make. And it gives me like the creative liberty to like do whatever I want. The people who get it don't know when it's getting mailed out. It goes somewhere between the first and the 15th of the month. So they never know when they're going to get it. (laughs) They don't know what's going to be inside. But it comes in this super colorful glittery envelope. So you know what it is. (laughs) It's just like that feeling. I guess I feel like I'm sending out more of a feeling than an actual item.
0: Yes, absolutely. I can see that. And for your designs, is it mood-based or do you also take commissions for the work?
1: Right now, Disha Mazeppa Designs is very new. It's kind of a baby, right? It's only been six ish months not even it's been less than that and so right now I'm at a point where I don't know where I want to hone in on and so what I've done is every time someone messages me and asks if I can do something I say yes even if I don't know how to do it even if I've never done it before I say yes because I know that I'll be able to figure it out anyone can figure anything out and when you start living your life like that you realize how many barriers don't exist You think you can't do it. You think you can't start a podcast or you think you can't get someone to sign up for your newsletter that's physically getting sent out to them, right? But you figure it out. You find a way to do it. It's been a fun experience of people being like, can you do this or can you make me a logo or can you make me a decal for whatever? And I'll just say yes and figure (laughs) it out afterwards. But so far it has been successful and it's been like a huge learning experience for me. And hopefully within a year we can kind of hone in on exactly where, what we want that to look like.
0: And if our listeners want to get in touch with you or
1: check out your designs, where can they find you? The best place to find me is definitely Instagram. It's disha.mazepa. I'm working on a website. I'll eventually finish it. <laughs> but for now, disha.mazepa on Instagram is the place to find me and you can find my podcasts. But what will people say on all major streaming platforms?
0: Thank you again, Disha, so much for being my guest today. It was so, so, so great talking to you. Listeners, do check out Disha's podcast, But What Will People Say? And don't forget to follow her on Instagram to see her many, many talents. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11 Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you like this episode, please leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11QuestionsPod for more videos and updates. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye!